It's time for stick taps today, and I've got plenty of them. All of them, though, aimed at one specific facet of this increasingly intriguing hockey team. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The Penguins beat the Ducks one nothing Saturday night, and they did so in just about every capacity except obviously outdoing themselves on offense. So it's going to get lost between the overall 200-foot effort and Casey DeSmith stopping all 33 shots that he did that the Ducks went 0 for 2 on their power plays. The Ducks have a lot of talent. It's not just the same old Ducks. It's not just Ryan Getzlaff and Corey Perry and and that group. It's now, well, it's now Ryan Getzlaff and a bunch of kids. (laughs) But the kids are really, really impressive. If you were at that game and didn't take notice in particular of Troy Terry, the 15 goal scorer, he's 24 years old for Anaheim. If you don't know about him now, uh, you will soon. This is a just a terrific talent. And the Ducks had two cracks on the power play. And in a one nothing game, it matters that you stop both of them. It matters a lot. It's kind of pivotal. And at the same time, there's just no suspense. The other team goes on the power play, and you feel 100% sure that they're not going to score. With cause, the Penguins now have killed 30 penalties in a row. 30 in a row. A franchise record span of 13 straight games without giving up a power play goal. They're now not only number one in the NHL with a 92.4% kill rate, they are four and a half percentage points higher than the second best mark, which belongs to the Hurricanes. There literally isn't a close second to how good these guys have been. Listen, I'm doing this for a reason. We, all of us, not just people who love sports and whatever, but in life, can get so focused on the last bad thing we saw or the one thing that we want to complain about or clear up that we can lose sight of excellence that's occurring right in front of us. And that's what this is. This is excellence. This is extraordinary work, beginning with Mike Sullivan, continuing on to Mike Vellucci, who's responsible for the PK and takes a like a father's uh, level of concern and care with it. And then to all of the various players who are involved, and then ultimately, of course, your most valuable penalty killer has to be who? Your goaltender. And Tristan Jari and now DeSmith are both doing their part in that as well. I ventured over the weekend to try to find out more about this for you to try to find out why it's really clicking 
and did some work on that front, uh, specifically Saturday at PPG Paints Arena, both before, during, and after that game against the Ducks. And I'll share that with you momentarily. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. What's making this happen? Because the personnel, realistically, hasn't changed all that much from last year when the PK wasn't very good. You lose Brandon Tanev, but you add Brock McGinn. Those have been the kinds of changes. So I asked Mike Sullivan if there was one thing that he saw as being uh, a variable, something that had kind of come out of nowhere that would account for this level of improvement. I don't know if, if any one aspect jumps out at us. I, I just think it's a combination of all of them. You know, I, I think our face-off percentage has improved. When we win face-offs, our ability to get 200-foot clears has improved. And I've always been a strong believer, if you can win that first face-off, uh, you know, you get a 200-foot clear, you, you're forcing a team to have to go all the way back behind their, their net to, uh, to get the puck, and then it takes 20-plus seconds to gain access to your zone. And then if you can be stingy on the entry and you can make uh, the zone entry difficult, uh, teams have to expend a lot of energy getting the puck back in, the, in, in our zone. So by nature of, of that alone, just improving in the face-off circle and getting the, the, the clears when, when we do win the face-offs, uh, I, I think that that's really gone a long way to help us uh, limit some of the zone time. But I give the players a lot of credit. They're the guys that get it done. They're the guys going over the boards that are making the sacrifices, whether it be blocking shots or, you know, just collective pressure, a cooperative effort. Uh, you know, they're they're reading off each other well. I think the early success has brought them a lot of confidence. Uh, real had couldn't be more happy for them because I know how much they pride themselves in it. And, uh, and and so, you know, it, it's been a bright spot for our team uh, to this point in the season. There's no question about that, but there's a lot of hockey left. And I know there's areas where we can continue to get better with, with respect to the penalty kill, and we're going to look to improve in those areas. Do you like that answer? He starts off with, well, no, there's not really anything, and then says right away, well, there are the face-offs. And he's right. He's right. There are the face-offs. So I went and I looked this up, and it's amazing. The Penguins' face-off winning percentage, when they're shorthanded, last season was a lousy 41%. That was the 27th best rate in the NHL. This season, it's 51.2%, which is the 5th best. Obviously a 10% increase. And within that, what's changed? Well, for one thing, Teddy Bluger's gotten a lot better. Teddy takes most of the draws when shorthanded. And right now, out of the 30 players in the league who've taken at least 50 shorthanded faceoffs, Teddy's number five in the entire NHL at 53.3%. He's winning them. Brian Boyle's winning them. Jeff Carter, when he's out there, when they want to get that right-handed draw he's winning them and let's remember that Carter came along 
late last season, and Boyle, of course, came along as a training camp tryout. They've had a lot of players participate in this success. And as you heard Sullivan say, when they get that first draw, you're also seeing the defense follow through with an authoritative, no hesitation, usually no window, dump. It's just boom, bullet right out. And by the time the team makes it back up ice, as you also heard Sullivan say, you've already killed off a quarter of the penalty. That happened, incidentally, exactly that, on both of Anaheim's power plays, although it's worth noting that the first of those came at the very beginning of the second period, so the draw in question was at center ice. But the Penguins won it, and the Penguins sent it down deep behind the Anaheim goal line. The other thing that has to occur here for a PK to be excellent, to use that term again, is there has to be actual legitimate pride taken in it. And those of you who have either uh, coached or played or even refed this sport at any level know exactly what I'm talking about here. Because everybody wants to score goals. Everybody wants to be part of scoring goals. Everybody wants to be. Their dream is to be on the power play. No one says, man, someday I'm going to be a penalty killer. Okay? You have to make it something where there's legit pride, that it's not seen as some sort of demotion or consignment if you're out there on the PK units. I asked Zach Aston Reese, who's been one of the best penalty killers individually, after the game Saturday night, how much pride is a factor with this group. It's something we look forward to. I mean, anytime you get to go against the team's top guys, um, it's, it's something you take pride in, and uh, it's been that way my four or five years here. And um, something we've been doing really well this year is being really aggressive on the forecheck, um, trying to limit their time. A lot of teams like to do that double late, so we try to get on them early, force, force them to dump it in or force them to make a bad pass. And then um, I think we're pressuring a lot more instead of getting into that stagnant look. So you know, whenever there's shots or anything of that nature, we get in on the puck and, and get the clear. We've been... And we've been getting the bounces, too, I have to say. You know, goalies have been helping out and, and getting the bounces. Good for him, man. Good for all of them. Good for all of them. I don't have some kind of sizzling take here. I don't have any kind of hard, tough stance or, wow, did you hear what he said on Daily Shot today? Nothing of the kind. This is, this is just stick taps. That's all this is. The Penguins are where they are. This season, despite a wave of injuries and illnesses and surgery recoveries and and everything else, in large part because of penalty-killing excellence. Stick taps to all. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. 
back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. FuboTV.com slash DK. And today's J1Q comes from Tim, who asks, do you think Casey DeSmith should get more starts to give Tristan Jari a break after the way DeSmith's last two starts have gone? Um, no. <laughs> That's probably not what you were expecting, Tim. Um, look, I'm cognizant of the way DeSmith played, and I uh, appreciate it, and I, and I applauded it in the column that I wrote for DK Pittsburgh Sports after the game. And at the same time, he's now had two, as you yourself noted, good starts. Now, this is important, and this is encouraging. But I'm also looking at the Penguins' schedule leading into the three-day Christmas break. There are five games beginning with the one tomorrow night here at home against the Canadians. And I'd like to see Jari play four of those five and then get himself a breather on the NHL's mandated three-day Christmas break. I'm okay with that. I give DeSmith the Sabres coming up Friday. To me, DeSmith still has quite a bit to prove. He did play well against the Ducks. He was square to the shooter. He was way more aggressive than what he'd been, which he has to be as a as a smaller goaltender. Uh, came way, way, way out in some cases to cut down angles. And he spoke afterward about being, and this was his term, boring and stiff in his mechanics early in the season and so I had to ask what it was that he meant by that. Um, to be honest, it was a skate issue. I was, <laughs> I was in these skates, um, and they were just different than the ones I was used to. And I was, it was kind of throwing me back on my heels. My weight was always on my heels, so I didn't feel explosive. Uh, it's really hard to make saves when your weight's back. Um, so I just started lacing my skates different and went back to normal, and I felt a lot better after I started doing that. So... That was a big part of it. And then obviously, you know, working with, with Andy Kyoto on, um, you know, kind of getting back to my game. We've been focusing on doing a little bit more read and react type drills, uh, I guess more game realistic type drills, which kind of gets me out of that box that I felt like I was at. Well, that was pretty revealing, huh? I'm not sure I was expecting all that from that answer. You never know with goaltenders, you know. Hockey players in general are super, super fussy about their equipment, as they should be. But multiply that many times over when it comes to the precision art of goaltending. I believe DeSmith. I believe that he had an issue with his skates. I believe that it impacted how he performed. I also believe that he needs to show more. Uh, I'm not going to be sold based on, uh, you know, one good performance 
in Seattle and, and one very good performance against Anaheim. Let's see more. In the interim, in the interim, I hate to keep pounding this same drum, but these points that the Penguins are currently pursuing aren't optional. They're not a luxury. And if you're going to see them continue to be in these one nothing, 2 2-1, 2-0 type games, they're going to need that kind of goaltending to stay in the race so that when Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, Brian Rust, whoever else happens to get hurt in the interim comes back and this team is healthy for the first time. You need to get the points that are sitting there on the table now. And Jari's your best chance to do that. I'm sticking with Jari as much as I can. And let's remember, by the way, the NHL's schedule this year includes, for now anyway, a three-week Olympic break. So don't look at this as if Jari has to handle like an old-school Martin Brodeur workload. There's a big break in the middle, and Jari's not going to make Team Canada. So he'll get his time. He'll get his chance to recuperate uh, from excessive usage in the early going. Ride the kid. He's feeling it. Don't give any room for any doubt in his head with the way he's performing. He's the priority here. He's always the priority. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot Penguins, and let's do another one tomorrow.